The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk a little bit about organic growth. Joining us is Farzad Rashidi, who is the lead innovator at Respana, which is an all-in-one link-building outreach software that helps businesses increase their organic traffic from Google. Yesterday, Farzad and I talked about whether SEO is the right acquisition channel for your business, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about finding opportunity keywords. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Farzad Rashidi, the lead innovator at Respana. Farzad, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me back on the show, Benjamin. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Excited to continue our conversation. Yesterday, we talked about whether SEO is the right acquisition channel for a given business. And a lot of the conversation was centered around understanding your business model, understanding who you're trying to reach and where they're looking for information. And we use the example of your parent company, which has a predominantly lower price point SaaS business. doesn't make sense to have a sales model. Also, underwater most of the time when they're doing advertising. So what makes the most sense? Well, create content, put that content on Google, and find people when they're showing intent signals. I think the big challenge with this for most marketers is how do you understand where there is opportunity to put yourself in front of your audience? So talk to me a little bit about your process for finding opportunity keywords when you're thinking about organic growth. Sure thing, Benjamin. So in the previous episode, I discussed at Visme, which was a parent company in Respana, we started putting together content pieces and landing pages, stuff that a lot of SEO companies recommend you to do. And we did all that and did a lot of the legwork. And we basically assumed, okay, here's what the audience may be looking for. So let's go create some sales pages for presentation software and infographic software, which was the parent keywords for our company. And what happened was that we got almost no results. <laughs> it was absolutely crickets. And at that process, until we got it to the point that now Avismi's Pups is getting over 3 million in monthly organic visitors, was basically a learning curve. And, and at the beginning, what we we're trying to do was to sort of write from the heart coming up with different topics that we thought that our audience was actively searching for and building either an educational piece or a landing page catering to that. But the problem was as a new website, when we had just gotten started, 
the search results were dominated with the big guys in the industry that, that are legacy websites that already have a ton of authority. And we were these little new guys trying to compete with them. So we were like, okay, well, let's see where we go wrong here. Because obviously, we're putting a lot of time and resources and the content pieces we're creating are quality, quote unquote, but we were getting absolutely no results. And that problem turned out was in our keyword research process at the very beginning. So we were basically kind of throwing spaghetti on the wall and hoping for the best instead of actually going through the scientific process of figuring out what actually works. Okay, so talk to me about the scientific process that you have to figure out what keywords actually work. The keyword research process in and out of itself is quite simple. Obviously, when a business just gets started, you want to start prioritizing keywords. There's always a lot, a gazillion different search terms that a potential customer would be potentially looking for to come across a product like yours. Like for example, Respana is a link building software. So you could be looking at, hey, how do I increase the traffic on my website? Or you could be looking at, hey, how do I, now for what are do follow links? So there's always a ton of different variations also on those keywords that you could put potentially targeting. But the process that we built was to prioritize these keywords based on three metrics. And that was one that amount of volume that keywords gets, but that's only one piece of the puzzle because you could be writing about topics that are super high volume, but they're either very highly competitive or completely irrelevant to your business. So that determined the two other lacks. One was also the relevancy to our business, which we define as commercial intent. And the third lag was the competitiveness of each keyword. And that's a metric that we basically define as keyword difficulty. So we want to obviously prioritize keywords that get the most amount of volume possible, but that's only one piece of the puzzle. Low amount of competition and high commercial intent. Let me reiterate that because I think it's important. What you're looking for is, is there volume? Are people actually searching for these keywords? Who else is competing for them? Do I have a chance at actually getting in front of my users? And then what is the intent of the consumer when they are thinking about this search term? Is it something that's navigational? Is it something that's a buying signal? Does it have commercial intent? Is it informational? So there's a couple different ways to think about what the buyer's mindset is when it comes to each individual keyword. Precisely. So we kind of had that blueprint. But we started signing numbers to each one because obviously you can kind of judge a keyword in and out of itself and kind of assume things. But it was important for us to kind of have a repeatable process that our team up to this day, eight years later, is still using the same system so that we could easily put that on autopilot and actually train our team to, to kind of follow through that process. So what we were doing basically was to take a parent keyword. For example, for Respana, our parent keyword is link building. So once you run this parent keyword through an SEO tool, the two I recommend are Ahrefs or SEMrush. Those are the two main ones. There's lots of other alternatives out there. If they're more cost-conscious listeners, I would recommend Ubersuggests, another keyword research tool by Neil Patel. But I personally prefer Ahrefs. That's something that we use ourselves. But again, that's something that's a personal preference among folks in the content space. So... What we normally do is to take one of these parent keywords, run it through one of these keyword tools, and it gives us a very large number of variations of search recommendations. So basically, if you run a parent keyword like link building, it comes up with how to build backlinks. What are some of the link building tools? What is the link? <laughs> right? There's a ton of them. Now, as any company, we had obviously limited resources that we had to sort of have a blueprint and prioritize them. So what we did was to take three metrics out of this SEO tool 
that corresponded with each one of those three pillars of keyword research. One, as far as the volume, I like to personally use the number of clicks that each keyword gets. Reason why not just use the volume metric is because some keywords have a featured snippet at the top and it normally answers the question. So a lot of people just don't come into the website in the first place. Number of actual queries doesn't mean actual people getting to a website. Absolutely. So having that number of click was very key. Number two is in terms of competitiveness, there's a metric called keyword difficulty that these SEO tools give you, which is a number from zero to 100 that explains, okay, 100 is like terms that are almost impossible to rank for because they're dominated by Apple and Google. And zero is terms that you got a very good shot at getting rankings in there. So obviously most keywords lie somewhere in the middle. So we wanted to prioritize keywords that had the lowest amount of competitiveness. So we would take that metric and then pop it into a formula, which I'm going to explain what it was. But one really key thing that I want to mention here as far as keyword difficulty is that we always have a rule of thumb of playing within our league, which means that if you're a new website that is just starting out or if you're a more established website, that determines the type of keywords you can go after or you would potentially want to go after. Because if you're a tiny website and you're shooting for the stars, it's unlikely you're going to get there. So the rule of thumb for us is never go after keywords that have a keyword difficulty of higher than our domain rating. And the domain rating is basically a score that these SEO tools assign to your website as an entirety, basically saying that, okay, this website, it's another score from zero to 100. And the higher it is, like Google, I think is 100. And zero is it's any new website that just starts out. So depending on where you are in that spectrum, that also determines the type of keywords you can go after. So we normally remove or set aside keywords that have a keyword difficulty or competitiveness more than what our domain could handle. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So you're basically trying to figure out what your relationship with Google is and trying to rank for keywords that are 
within reach using a comparison from what Google thinks of your domain authority and the keywords that you're looking for. That's right. And then last metric, Benjamin, is actually what corresponded to the commercial intent was actually this cost per click for that keyword through AdWords. And the reason why is that no advertiser is just going to bid on a keyword just because. <laughs> they're bidding on these keywords and they're willing to bid higher only if that keyword is generating more revenue for the business. So even though we're talking about SEO here, using that CPC metric in our calculation helps us prioritize keywords to have a higher cost per click, meaning that other advertisers are willing to pay more for it. It's a good numerical indication of commercial intent for that keyword. But what the formula that we put together was basically, in short, number of clicks multiplied by one over keyword difficulty multiplied by one plus cost per click. And I'll kind of go through the entire process with screenshots. I know it's sometimes difficult to imply that whole process without actually sharing my screen, show you what I'm talking about here. So I, if folks are interested, I've actually written a free ebook on this. If you Google VisMe marketing strategy, I actually have kind of gone through the entire process of keyword research with screenshots step by step. So that's probably a better resource to kind of look into and follow along. But once we have that metric calculated, and this is what I call the opportunity score, then that gives us a metric so that I can pop that in a spreadsheet and then sort it descending. And then it would basically give me a prioritized list of keywords that I can go after. Okay, so you got a prioritized list of keywords that you're going after. There were three things that you said you needed to consider at the beginning. What's the third? So the three things are basically number one is going to be the number of clicks, number two, competitiveness, and third, commercial intent. You take all three, pop in a formula, gives you opportunity score. Store descending on a spreadsheet, bam. From a mathematical perspective, you're going to have a list of keywords that have the highest potential traffic, lowest amount of competition, and highest amount of commercial intent. And there you have it, a simple way to find your opportunity keywords. Now, Farzad, I guess the real question is, why are you telling us all this? This seems like proprietary information you should be using <laughs> at Respana. The reason why we share this information, Benjamin, is because we're a completely open company. We didn't come up with a lot of these stuff. A lot of it we learned from other marketers that we listened to their podcast episodes and add our iterations and kind of adjusted things as time went along. And we're passing it along to folks who are just starting out and trying to be helpful. And it's extremely unlikely that folks who are listening are direct competitors of ours. So we see no problem in folks trying to reverse engineer things. Matter of fact is that we've never had anything that we shared back for. So, so far it's been good. So we're going to continue doing it. Finding the opportunity keywords is an important part of building a great organic growth strategy, understanding what the targets are, what you are going to see benefit from, from commercial intent, and also where you can rank. But that's only one half of the puzzle when it comes to SEO. And we're going to talk about the second half in tomorrow's episode. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Farzad Rashidi, the lead innovator at Respana. Join us again tomorrow when Farzad and I wrap up our conversation talking about the three steps to earning editorial backlinks. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Farzad, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is the Farzad, that's T-H-E underscore F-A-R-Z-A-D, or you can visit his company's website, which is Respana.com, R-E-S-P-O-N-A.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. 
You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.